Welcome, welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1, featuring Bay Area Sports Insight. Now, here's your host, Jimmy B. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to the Jimmy B Sports Show. Today is Saturday, the 18th of February. No football. First time in a long time that we can say there is no football on the docket this weekend. Then we have the Lightning. Lightning had a decent week, took uh, two games. Tough loss to the Coyotes, but they're going to be getting back on track tonight against Vegas. We'll be talking some Rays and a little bit of Bucks. The number here, 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. We'll be right back to kick off the show. Do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life? Are you thinking about it? What if we can promise you the same results for less than $3 a pill? Stop overpaying and call right now. Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. 800-750-9886. That's 800-750-9886. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Good morning. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome back to the gymnasium. Hopefully, everyone's recovered from the Super Bowl last week, and hopefully one of your squares hit and made you a couple bucks in uh, the whole scheme of things there. The game, 38 Chiefs, 35 Eagles. So if you break down the game, Philly was a one-and-a-half-point favorite going into the game. A lot of people thought that it should have been more. I was one of them. I was totally wrong. I said that the Eagles would win by, you know, between 10 and 14 points. And quite honestly, at halftime, when the score was 24 to 14, Philly, I thought it should have been more like 28 to 7. It very easily could have been. Philly got off to a quick start, scored a touchdown. KC came back, tied it up. And then the Eagles had 17 points in the second quarter to Kansas City 7. And that 7 was a, a fumble that Hurts had that was picked up and, and ran in by the defense. So, you know, like I said, 24 to 14 at halftime. And right before the half, Mahomes twisted his ankle or retwisted it, if you will. And it did not look really good coming after the second half for the Chiefs. However, once the second half started, Mahomes looked fine. They made some adjustments. Football, like any other sport, is a game of adjustments. And it appeared that Coach Andy Reid and his team made the necessary adjustments in the locker room where Nick Sirianni and his team did not make the adjustments. So third quarter, Kansas City scores a touchdown. Philly has a field goal. And then the fourth quarter, KC puts up 17 points to Philly's eight and iced the game at the end. There was a um, there was a holding call that could have gone. You could have called it or not called it, to be honest. The referees decided to call it, and that pretty much sealed the game, and Kansas City won by three, like I said, 38 to 35. It was one of the better played games that I've seen in a while for a Super Bowl. I think both teams played well. There was some... There was some controversy, however, with the field. The sod seemed to be very wet. 
Philadelphia wasn't able to get their pass rush going so many times. You saw the ends slipping, trying to come across around the end, actually. They did not get to Mahomes. Now, who would have thought that a team that led the NFL with 70 sacks, having four guys with 10 or more sacks on that team, would not have gotten to a banged-up Mahomes even once during the game? But that was the way it was. So uh, congratulations to the Chiefs offensive linemen. They did a great job. And if you look at the MVP, of course, was Mahomes. It always goes to a quarterback, whether they deserve it or not. But Mahomes was 21 for 27, 182 yards, three touchdowns. Believe it or not, he was outplayed by Hurts. Jalen Hurts was 27 for 38, threw for 304 yards, one touchdown in the air, three of them rushing, and he also rushed for 70 yards. So Jalen Hurts proved that he could play in a, in a big game, at least on one day, and he's, his shoulders seemed to be pretty good at that point, and you know, that's it. Season's over. NFL is in the books for another year. I thought it was one of the better played games. And even though I was wrong about the outcome of the game, it was a good game to watch. And a couple emails here. One of them was from Angie C. in Detroit saying, Jimmy B., I love your show. And even though I'm a Bucks fan, I'm happy the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. And I think the Eagles played well and it was a really good game. I agree, Angie. It was a really good game all the way through. No matter what team you're rooting for, even if you just watched it for the uh, halftime festivities, which so many people do, and uh, watching Gronk uh, attempt that kick, which he missed badly. But uh, other than that, yes, it, it was a very good game, and I totally agree with the email, and thanks for the kind words. Another email from Tom. In Chicago saying, Jimmy B, now that Hertz had a great game in the Super Bowl, do you think he's worth the 40 or 45 million that they're going to be asking for next year? Well, that's a great question as well. Thanks for the email. Here's my take on that. When you have a quarterback by the name of Jalen Hurts. What I've always said about him is that he is a stand-up individual, whether you go back to his days in Alabama um, or how he finished with Oklahoma there. He's a great team player. I think he's a good leader. What I've said about Hurts many times is that until he's able to carry his team and lead his team to victory with his arm and not just his legs, I won't be able to say that he's an elite quarterback worthy of all that money until that point. Now, in saying that, you're going to say, well, he just had a great Super Bowl. He even outplayed Mahomes. So doesn't that qualify for him to get the uh, next big payday here? Well, I honestly don't know. I I've got to say this. One season... And he was hurt a couple games at the end. I'm not sure if, if I'm Lurie, the owner of Philly, that I don't have thoughts of Carson Wentz in the back of my mind. If you remember, Carson Wentz was able to garnish the largest guaranteed contract of all time at that point several years ago. And we all know what happened to Carson Wentz afterwards. So I'm sure Lurie's thinking about that. Is it going to stop him from... Well, opening up the bag for Hertz? Probably not. I think they're going to make him a, a good offer. Now, you have people saying, well, Mahomes is making $45 million a year. Don't you think that 
you know, Hertz should be able to start asking for that same amount? No, I, I, I don't, honestly. I think that if you look at the quarterbacks, I think that you have Mahomes pretty much in a class of his own right now. Um, two, two Super Bowls. He's been to several. He's been to another one. Uh, a couple MVPs, both during the regular season as well as the Super Bowl itself. I think this guy, he finds a way to win, and uh, I do think he's in a class by himself. Now, you have a whole other tier of quarterbacks, and I think the mistake so many times that these teams and ownership makes is they'll take a next tier Quarterback. Now you have, like I said, I think you have Mahomes by himself. Then you have, you know, Allen there from Buffalo. Um, you may have. Um, I'm trying to think of a couple other quarterbacks, but you had the tier underneath them where you have quarterbacks that teams pay as though they're top tier quarterbacks, which really they're not because. When you have quarterbacks that go out there and they do a good job for you during the season, maybe they you know, get you over 500, maybe they get you into the playoffs. But what happens is that once you get into the playoffs, then you have to be a certain type of quarterback to be able to adjust and make the necessary decisions quickly to be able to go out there and win the game for your team. Now, did, did Hurts do that? Yes. But like I said, so many times you have teams paying quarterbacks that are in the middle of the road uh, or just that next tier up, like maybe Dak Prescott. Um, you have Burroughs as a top quarterback there with Allen, but then you have like Kurt Cousins in the same context with Dak Prescott. Um, maybe the quarterback out there in um, Los Angeles for the Chargers, Herbert, put him in that category. They're not top, top tier players to garnish that money like Mahomes is making $45 million a year. So I do think that Philly's going to offer Hurts a good contract. I don't think it's going to deter um, uh, Lurie from doing that, but I don't think it should be anywhere near that $40, $45 million. I'm thinking more $25, $30, see what happens at that point, and then... Um, you know, make the decision because what happens, a quarterback should only be about 15% of your salary cap. Anything more than that, stats will show that it starts to deter from your ability to put a good winning team around him. Because if you put all the salary cap into one player, i.e. the quarterback, then what does that leave for the rest of the team. Now, Philly's going to lose a bunch of players along that same vein of thinking, probably seven or eight, I believe, and they're going to have to rebuild, not to mention that they've already lost their offensive coordinator and they lost their defensive coordinator to head coaching jobs in the NFL in this past week. So I think that if you look at all those things combined, it doesn't make sense to give Hertz the, you know, all the money that they might be looking for. And again, it's only been one year and he got banged up there at the end of the season. So I would kind of, you know, give him a, maybe a one year contract and see how that works out. If they'll go for it, no, we'll see what happens. It's a business. So the NFL, NFL stands for not for long 
on both sides of the coin, whether you're an owner or whether you're in the Players Association or a player. So we'd love to hear your thoughts. 877-448-7901. Sports at power901.com is the email. We'll be right back. I'm going to get to some Bucks news and keep the show going. Talk to you in a minute. The Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all of your real estate needs. Looking for homes for sale or rent in the Tampa market? Text HOMES to 71441. That's HOMES to 71441. The Property Shop is a full-service realty and management company with a team of partners to give you that extra peace of mind. The Property Shop is truly your one-stop shop, providing stellar service in all areas of realty. And right now, new home buyers will receive a one-year home protection warranty for that extra peace of mind on your next big purchase. More info online at The Property shopusa.com or 813-655-5000. Now, now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, Bucks fans. So, it was a good season for the Chiefs, obviously, and the other teams that made the playoffs, not so much so for the Bucks. Now you're going to say, well, we made the playoffs. We made the playoffs in a division that eight wins and nine losses allowed you to win the division and get to the playoffs. So we did get to the playoffs and we did lose the first round game, which ended the season on a uh, sour note as though it wasn't sour for most of the season. What's transpired since then, if you're a Bucks fan? Well, not a lot of real good things, to be honest with you. Um, Tom Brady says he's done. He's retiring. For the second time, I think this is the time, though, that he does walk away from the game. I think if he, for some reason, would decide to come back, he'd be making a huge mistake on so many different levels. But I, I don't think he'll be back. So right now, the Bucks don't have a quarterback. And we just interviewed 10 or 11 different candidates. And we finally just signed a new offensive coordinator um, Friday, Dave Canales. So uh, Canales was the quarterback coach for the Seattle Seahawks under Pete Carroll. He said 41 years old. Great guy. You're not going to hear anybody say anything negative about him. He's super energetic, very positive, um, and all the things that you really don't see the enthusiasm that the Bucks had this year. So, no, Todd Bowles, is he a good head coach? I think he's a very good defensive coordinator. I'm not ready to say that he's a good NFL coach at all. I'm not sure if he shouldn't just be a defensive coordinator. I think he's right now a lame duck coach. You have a team where, like I mentioned, you have no quarterback. Is Trask, Kyle Trask going to be your starting quarterback? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think so. At least I hope not. Gabbert, no, he retired. So he's done. So right now, you have one person right now who, except for taking some snaps in a game that didn't mean anything, he's probably not going to be your starting quarterback. Now, you say, why haven't other quarterbacks looked at coming down here since the season's been over? Um, there are some people out there that, uh, you know, they have their contracts that uh, they're free agents or whatnot, and they can, you know, look to other teams. Well, you're not going to go to a team, number one, that seems to be in disarray. So when you, when I say you have a coach 
that's a lame duck. I think that Bowles has one more year on the contract. Now, could he still get fired before the season starts? Sure, he could. Do I think the Glazers are going to do that? No, that's not in their uh, past DNA to fire a coach after one year. So that's why I think he's going to still be around. Talking to 10, 11 people, I'm not sure if they didn't want to be the offensive coordinator, if we offered them jobs and didn't take it, or if it just wasn't a good fit to the ones that did come down here and interview. But nonetheless, we did sign Canales as a new offensive coordinator, and there is still the draft coming up, and there's still free agency coming up, which you know is a big thing for the Bucks because don't forget, we have 24 free agents right now on this team, 24 of them. And mind you, there's little salary cap room because we're still paying some people, which we'll get to here in a minute. But so the situation with that is we finally hired the offensive coordinator. We still don't have a quarterback. Now, for as good of a guy as Dave Canales supposedly is, he has never called a play in the NFL. So, you know, calling and sequencing plays is a learned experience, in my opinion. And for someone who hasn't done that at all to say, well, listen, here's the offensive coordinator reigns. Go at it. Have luck. Have have a good time. Good luck. You're going to say, well, he's got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. But when you get used to we, we had our chance this past year. When you have Tom Brady as a quarterback, when you have everyone back, um, we should have won it two years ago except for that bad defensive call that they had against the Rams. And this year, we should have been a ton better than we were. So is Canales going to be the answer from an offensive coordinator standpoint? I hope so. I hope the guy does very well. Is he going to bring Geno Smith with him? No, who's a free agent quarterback there from Seattle? I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback down here. It doesn't seem as though there's been a lot of interest in quarterbacks coming here for that reason of the disassociation within this team. There is no cohesiveness on this team right now. And like I said, luckily we still have the draft and we still have free agency. So for Canales to do a good job, luckily the bar isn't isn't too high for him. All he's got to do is score more than, what, 18 points a game, I guess it is. Uh, that's about what the Bucks averaged last year after scoring 30 a game the season before. So it could be a one-year audition for this guy. And quite honestly, the Bucks could be just cleaning house after next year. And, and look at the draft after that and see what they can get. But the, the only the, the only thing that the Bucks like any like every other NF, NFL team does right now is that they only care about winning right now, it seems. Not too many teams are building up from scratch. Now, the Eagles just did that. Philly built a team through the draft, through free agency, through some nice trades, and they've done it the right way, and now they had a good season. And even if you look at them, that's going to be torn apart after this year. So it's very tough in the NFL Right now, now, and as good as this, no, Dave Canales may be, it's not about you know being liked, it's not about you know people's feelings, it's it's about winning, it's about what have you done for me lately, and put the results on the scoreboard. And if you're not gonna win, then we're gonna probably not have you around 
too much longer. So you might want to ask yourself, how do we even get into this situation that we're in with the Bucks? Because if you look about a year, year and a half ago, everything was looking in the right direction. So see, things are even, they're always trending, either trending good or trending not so good. Before things were trending good, you had Brady, Arians, they just won a Super Bowl. All of a sudden, you know, Arians and Brady, you know, something happened there. Not quite sure what it was, but it seemed to me as though Brady wanted bowls. And, you know, there, there were some signs there with Arians, didn't maybe um, want to put all the hours in anymore at his age, which is understandable. Uh, he has some health issues as well. So, you know, it seemed to me that Brady wanted Bowles up there at the head coaching position to maybe get some more structure to the team. And if you remember, Brady started talking with Miami in that tampering issue with the Dolphins before the season started last year. And then, of course, you have um, Brady having a tough time on and off the field this year with his personal life. And then, you know, the guy lost 15 pounds. And I physically, mentally, he definitely wasn't the same person that we're used to seeing, whether it be in a uh, Patriots uniform or a, a Bucks uniform. Like I said, there was never any cohesiveness with the Bucks unit this year, in my opinion. And can that be changed going forward? Yeah, it can be, but I've got to say, I don't have a heck of a lot of um, enthusiasm of this team doing it right now based on what I've seen. We're going to have to wait to see. I do think that uh, they may be making a couple moves. We'll see what happens, like I mentioned, with some free agency acquisitions and potentially the draft. We'd love to hear your comments. Number here is 877-448-7901. JimmyBSports.com is the website. If you want to go there and shoot me an email that way, I would like to put this Bucks season um, behind us. Like I said, even though we made the playoffs, I don't think it was a season that... It was very tumultuous, and there wasn't a lot of positive things going on with the Bucks team this year. And a lot of it was, you can just look at the enthusiasm. You can look at you know, what was on the field. Their preparation, I'm not privy to what they do every day of practice, but you can watch the game on a Sunday, and they looked very disorganized so many times on a Sunday. Brady made some comments where he was unhappy with the organization of the of the plays of the uh, well, coaching staff of the play of the players. I mean, how many times did you see receivers such as Evans or um, Godwin possibly not being on the same page as Brady? When have you ever seen that? So there are a lot of moving parts throughout the whole year, and I think that when we look at it, we can say that we'll put this one in the in the record books and move on to the next year. We'll be right back to keep the show going. You are in the gymnasium on Power 90.1. Here's a real-life story that affects 50% of all of us out there. It's called divorce. If you've gotten divorced and now you're struggling to pay your bills and your credit card debts are completely out of control, you need to call this special debt relief hotline right now. We help people with all kinds of money problems caused by different life challenges, a divorce, a job loss, even heavy medical bills. Paid for by Debt.com. Call now at 800-810-4086. 
That's 800-810-4086. Now, Now, back to the show. Back to the Jimmy B Sports Show on Power 90.1. Welcome back, baseball fans. Ray's looking to get the dust off of the balls and gloves and pitchers and catchers reported. And you're going to have the first game a week from yesterday. Next Friday, this coming Friday, will um, be the first of the games. Then all the 30 teams after that will play the next day. So it seems to be a long offseason for some reason. And you look at the Rays. I'm very optimistic in some ways about the Rays and a little bit uh, questioning some things on the other half of the Rays. So from a pitching standpoint, that's where my optimism is really at its highest because you have what I think could be the best starting rotation in all of baseball. When you have Tyler Glass now, you have Shane McClanahan, we picked up Zach Eflin from the Phillies. Um, Of course, we have Drew Rasmussen, we have Springs, uh, so many people. And then, of course, the the bullpen, the mid-relievers and bullpen, our pitching from top to bottom is the strongest of anything in the league, I believe. Now, of course, you can't go out there and expect to win all these games one nothing. The issue that the Rays are going to have this year, from what I can see, is the same as last year. We need to score some runs. Uh, we need bats. Do we do anything in the offseason to acquire any bats? No, I have not seen that. Now, does that to say that we're not going to? I'm not saying that. I think you have up to the trade deadline to go out there and make some acquisitions. Uh, It's going to come down to, I'm hearing some things about Josh Lowe this year. They're putting a lot of of hope on him, on his shoulders of um, coming into his own and, and having a good season. Now, if he does that, that's great because when you have the likes of him, Wander Franco, a Rosarina, I would put Diaz there, Paredes, Margot. You put those guys all on the same page with a hot bat, this team can go in a lot of good directions when they're firing on all cylinders. However, so many times you see that we miss that big bat when the opportunity in a game is calling for it. So am I saying that the guys we have can't do it? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I haven't seen the guys on the team that we've had over the last couple of years go out there and do that. Um, you have catchers. You have Mejia, Pinto, Bethancourt. I don't know. How about Aranda? Are we going to call him up? He's going to be at second base. He's a good left-handed batter. Or do we go ahead and well, take him and maybe Bruhan, put them on the trading plate and try to see who we can get for him? Um, I, I think Paredes is good. I mean, Taylor Walls, great shortstop, but uh, you can put him at third base as well. But the bat is lacking. Again, it's going to come down to are the big guys going to be able to carry us like a Rosarina, Lau, Margot, uh, or are we going to have to go out there and acquire someone? Because quite honestly, we've done a great job of getting into the playoffs. And I, I know this sounds a lot of teams would love to be in our position, but we're kind of tired of just getting to the playoffs, aren't we? We want to win a championship. So to be able to go out there and win a championship, you have to have 
a team that's hot at the right time. And, and I think that for the most part, the Rays have a very good organization run from top to bottom. And I think that they have the formula to do what they have to do as an organization to make the playoffs. I think they don't have the right program chip embedded in them, which should be to win the whole thing. And that goes back to a couple of years ago against the Dodgers when we had a chance to go out there and keep a starter in the game and we decided to pull them because of analytics and a pitch count. Don't get me going on that right now. There'll be many more times to talk about that. But I think that if you look at the Rays' mindset, it has to be nothing less, especially with the pitching staff that we have. The mindset needs to be none other than, you know what, we're going to go out there and win the whole thing this year. And yes, you can set little goals for yourself, like one, win the division, win the American League East, then go ahead and win the American League Championship, and then, of course, go out there and win the World Series. But until you go out there and put that into your computer bank there in your minds, you're just trying to get to the playoffs. And a lot of times we've had success doing that, but that's where it pretty much stops. The other issue with the Rays right now, I really feel as though this issue with the stadium, is it going to be in St. Pete? I know the mayor of St. Pete has an agreement there to uh, build a stadium and sports complex down there. From what I'm hearing, there is nothing finalized. Of course, the lease for the for Tropicana field ends on in uh, 2027. So... The good news is this. I really believe, especially after hearing some comments from Major League Baseball in the last uh, several weeks, Manfred and whatnot, that I'm pretty confident that they want the team to stay in the Tampa Bay area. Tampa Bay area, of course, encompasses St. Pete as well as Tampa. It's going to come down to what makes the most sense for not just the players and the owner, but also for the taxpayers, because the team should be in Hillsborough, in my opinion. It should be in Tampa. It makes more sense for them to do that, as we've talked about many times, because if you build us, no matter where you build the stadium, say you build it in St. Pete, yes, in the beginning, you're going to have people going there to see what the experience is, to see what the new stadium looks like. But when you're all said and done, after a couple of weeks, once the shine wears off of the, sh- of the new toy, it's still in the same bad place. And it's all about the location, right? So it should be, there's there's a, a site right now in Ybor, the Ybor Marina location, which they're talking about. The price tag on the stadium is roughly one to 1.2 billion. And what it's going to come down to is that you have to take the burden off of the taxpayers and put it on the developer as part of the deal. If you listen to... Um, Ken Hagen, 
with Hillsborough County talking about everything. You know, he, he explains it very well where Tampa is a, a baseball hotbed. It, it, it always makes me laugh when you have people saying, ah, oh, Tampa, yeah, there's, you know, it, it's, it's not really a, 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 a good place for baseball. Are you kidding me? You know, high school baseball, college down here, University of Tampa has won six or seven national championships. Uh, it, it's just, it really is a good area. High school, you have these tournaments coming up, the Saladino tournaments coming up here in a, in a couple weeks, the high school. I mean, great baseball. So there's a ton of good baseball down here. And although I, I, I'm confident and a little bit relieved to hear that the Rays should be staying here in the area, I would still like to see them put something in place, in, in concrete, and say where it's going to be and let's get this deal done. And it should be here in Tampa because it makes the most sense from a population standpoint. You get more people coming from the Orlando area because, like I said, when it, when it comes right down to it, you're still going to have to drive to St. Petersburg, no fast way of getting there, and you'll get more people coming to the games for a longer period after the initial experience of going there wears off in the long run. You'll have more people. It'll be more sustainable if the if the stadium is, is in Tampa, which would be great. I personally would go to many more games than I've gone to since the stadium's down there in St. Pete. And I'm sure a lot of other people um, feel the same way. And the ones I've talked to, most of them agree now, does that mean to say that I won't go to a game if it's in St. Pete with a new stadium? No, I'll, I'll go to a game, but not as often. And I'd like to be able to support the team more by going to a game that is in a, a better location than what is proposed right now in St. Pete. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that as we start talking about uh, baseball more. We'll get more updates on where that stands, college baseball started yesterday, I believe. So good luck to um, local teams, UCF, USF. Hopefully they have good seasons. Um, the, the Gators, Florida State always have strong teams. So good luck to them as well. Uh, anything that you want to add to the conversation, please go ahead and, and email that, jimmybsports.com. Um, running out of time, I appreciate you listening as always. We're going to be touching more on the Lightning next week as as they get uh, closer and closer to the end of the season and get into the playoffs. They had a good week. They won two games. They lost a tough one on um, a Thursday night. They'll be playing the uh, Las Vegas team today, tonight. So if you have a chance, tune into that one on the TV, whether it's Bally you know, Sports for now. We'll see what happens with that. That's a whole other conversation or whatever it means you like to listen to. As always, guys, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Above all, stay positive. We'll catch you next weekend in the gymnasium. Bye.